Okay, you can't make this up. Pfizer Corporation, which became profitable and made a lot of money over the bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine, actually ran a Super Bowl ad trying to convince people that they are a company all about science, about helping people and not big pharma profits and not profiting over making people sick with their two-dose vaccine and their subsequent boosters because the damn thing didn't work in the first place, at least its intended purpose of to the public of stopping you from getting COVID didn't work. So you had to get boosters. And then, of course, uh, now they have a whole brand new one. The boosters don't even boost the first one. They have a new one, a new cocktail. And these people had the chutzpah. They had the audacity to run this ad during the Super Bowl. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Now, for those watching, you can see the visuals. For those of you listening on the audio-only podcast, this commercial with uh, music from Queen, the visual is a library with paintings and artwork of Sir Isaac Newton and Archimedes and great scientists. And then they show you paintings of Charles Pfizer and other Pfizer people, showing you that the Pfizer family are historic giants in science like people like Sir Isaac Newton. As Joe Biden would say, absolute malarkey. Yes, the same Joe Biden who told us in advance that they were going to steal the election of 2020. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I am James, Black Conservative Patriot, BCP. Big hug to all of y'all. Let me just tell you from the bottom of our heart, we are so appreciative of you and your support of this program. This is a viewer-supported program. I only put like one episode a week on Rumble as a funnel for people to know that we're still out there and where to find the show. And we appreciate you. We make no ad revenue. I shouldn't say we make no ad revenue. Uh, Let me see here on Spotify, just so you get an idea where they do run ads. uh, We have made a whopping, let me uh, pull this up real time so you can see uh, what what, what our, you know, just so you can see how appreciative we are of you uh, and supportive of the show. Uh, We have made $173.00 this month in ad revenue over on Spotify. So obviously, this is not a lucrative thing on Spotify. Uh, Doesn't even cover the cost of anything, uh, quite honestly. But we are appreciative of you on Patreon, on Locals, 
uh, who uh, support the program and for those of you who subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. So thank you, thank you very much for your support. Now before we get into the news of the day, now what uh, we're going to be doing here What I'm going to be doing is I've read your comments, I've read your messages on Patreon, on Spotify, on Locals, and um, so so this show is viewer-supported by you, and I'm giving you what you want, and I'm giving you what I want to do anyway, what you guys have been asking for, is this is going to go back to being a news show where you're going to come in and I'm going to report the news of the day, give you the analysis, and that's what you're going to get. This show will be Monday uh, through Friday, primarily an episode a day. And if we miss a day, there'll be a a, a weekend episode. There will be five episodes a week of this show, okay? And so it will be a daily news show. You'll be able to listen to this on the podcast, watch it on Patreon uh, locals. You'll be able to watch the show and get the news of the day and analysis. I have not uh, abandoned the uh the, the special series we're doing about the stolen election uh with christopher ray and ag bill barr and how they contributed to the stealing of 2020 those type of episodes take more work as you probably have watched and imagined because i'm going back and looking at archive footage and 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 piecing all kinds of information together editing it for you i intend that to be a six or seven part series we've done four parts i will do the other uh parts of that show in the uh, in the coming week or so, so we will finish that series out. Uh, but this show again, like back in the BCP days on YouTube, this is going to be a daily news show. You're going to get your news and analysis here uh, in a daily show. We're going to look at everything. This is an election year. You've asked for it. This is what I want to do anyway. Let's uh, get into it, and it starts with this episode right now. So I don't usually talk about the Super Bowl or delve into the Super Bowl. But I think it's necessary because it has a lot to do with Joe Biden, the political atmosphere that we are in right now going into a an election year. And of course, the crazy wokeness and Marxist idea of dividing us reared its ugly head yet again in the Super Bowl yesterday, which, by the way, I didn't watch. Now, if you don't know what that is that you just saw, that is the Black National Anthem, as if we need two national anthems. Now, if you've been here a long time, you may recall where I told, uh, I recounted to you, to you folks when it happened that my youngest daughter was asked to see, sing the Black National Anthem, and she said, no, I'm not going to sing a Black, I'll sing the National Anthem, but not the Black National Anthem, I'm an American, and I sing the National Anthem. Thought it was ridiculous. Um, As someone here on Twitter posted, this woke division nonsense has to end. There is only one national anthem. But this is from Elijah Schaefer over at the Gateway Pundit. He's a white guy, so we can't listen to him. Uh, But I don't know. Let's uh, maybe we'll listen to Tiff. She's a black woman. Maybe she can knock some sense into people's heads. Black national anthem is awful segregationist and absurd there's only one national anthem and we're all americans she's a black woman so maybe they will listen to her that this nonsense needs to end this is awful segregationist and yes it is absurd 
But the absurdity didn't, uh, and oh, wait, well, I've got to show you this. Remember this? When there was only one national anthem, regardless of our color, Whitney Houston singing the national anthem. Ah, the good old days when the national anthem sufficed for all Americans, regardless of color. At least there was some MAGA-ness being reported out of the Super Bowl. I guess some swimsuit model from Sports Illustrated was wearing a MAGA handbag. Sports Illustrated model shows Trump support at Super Bowl event, according to Fox News. Kristen... Luelle Gaffney, don't know who she is, but maybe some of you do, wore a sparkly clutch purse featuring MAGA at Maxim's red carpet event ahead of Super Bowl. Good for her. Sports Illustrated model Kristen Gaffney's pridefully made a political statement during Super Bowl weekend with her sparkly clutch purse. The front of the, uh, the beaded bag was fashioned with the letters M-A-G-A and was carried proudly by the San Diego native. Good for you. Uh, you know, because being a San Diegan myself, but this is, what, this is what I thought was interesting and, I don't know, kind of, I don't want to say cheapened her comments a little bit. But she said, I was most excited for this event because my favorite rapper and idol, 50 Cent, was performing. So I saved my favorite look for then. 50 Cent is a very smart man and coincidentally just publicly showed Trump some love. Now, I grew up on hip-hop, though the new trash of the last 20 years is ridiculous. It's, uh, it gives hip-hop and rap a bad name. But to say that your favorite rapper and idol is 50 Cent, I don't know, kind of killed the, uh, in my opinion, the great stuff you said about MAGA. But we have seen the 50 Cent in the news um, somewhat recently giving some love to President uh, Trump. She says, I love when the universe does things like that. So I guess she loves 50 Cent. She went to the Super Bowl. 50 Cent, I guess, performed at the Super Bowl yesterday. I don't know. I thought it was Usher. What do I know? And uh, it, it came full circle for her. But I guess there was a little bit of maganess there at the Super Bowl. Um, almost done with my Super Bowl reporting, folks. Don't worry about it. But we got this from uh, from Dark Brandon. Nate Kent and many of us said prior to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl so they can make their White House appearance to meet the president and for Taylor Swift to endorse Biden while visiting. Now, we, we can kind of come to the conclusion that uh, th- there's definitely some sort of operation going on all of a sudden, we hear a whole bunch about Taylor Swift in the news and her dating, what's his name, Kelsey something, uh, over on the Chiefs. And then we all said they're going to win the Super Bowl because that'll keep Taylor Swift in the forefront and she's going to endorse uh, Joe Biden. We already know that she's on the Biden team. That's not a secret. And I guess trying to be uh, totally hip, we got this tweet from Joe Biden, just like we drew it up. In response to the win 
and and this picture of Dark Brandon, you know, uh, Dark Brandon. For those of you listening to it, is that meme of of President uh, Biden with the red eyes and what have you? And they actually tweeted that out, the Dark Brandon, with just like we drew it up. Now, of course, he got hammered on social media. Uh, by the way, Biden Harris HQ also tweeted out, "Hey, by the way, we just joined TikTok. Follow us on TikTok at Biden HQ." And some kind of video about him talking about the halftime show and whatever, trying to be hip. He's on TikTok. You know, the same TikTok that even the leftist press said that President Trump was right about TikTok and its troubles because TikTok is a spying Chinese app. Anyone else not see the irony or the transparency of Joe Biden's campaign proudly talking about how they're now on TikTok, a Chinese app, so they can push propaganda for him in 2024. But they're they're going to replace Biden. Biden doesn't want to stop running. Jill likes being first floozy. And um, they're not going to give it up. I don't know what they're going to do to push out Joe Biden, but they're doing it right now, aren't they? With hers report about Joe Biden not being cognitively able to stand trial. Sure as hell seems like he shouldn't be president no matter what side of the aisle you're on. If he can't even... If he's not smart enough to be on trial, he's not smart enough, uh, cognitively able enough to be in the Oval Office. Even the New York Times, check this out, over the weekend, the question is not if Biden should step aside, it's how. New York Times, opinion columnist, Joe Biden should not be running for re-election. That much was obvious well before the special prosecutor's comment on the president's memory lapses inspired a burst of age-related angst. And Democrats who are furious that the prosecutor have to have to sense that it was it will become only more obvious as we move deeper into an actual campaign. What is less obvious is how Biden should get out of it. Note that I did not say that Biden should not be the president. You can make a case that is as obvious as his decline has been. Whatever equilibrium his White House has worked out has thus far delivered results largely largely indistinguishable from and sometimes better than. What one would expect from a replacement level Democratic president. So the New York Times columnist is making a case here that Joe Biden's a great president. He's delivered great results for America. Open borders, high inflation, um, high interest rates, angst, misery, uh, war, illegal immigration, crime. Those are all great results that we, yeah, we should expect from a Democrat. And he has delivered that in spades. So this is not a partisan that doesn't like Biden. It's just that his age, his his declining age and mental capacity is on display, and he should bow out. And then the, the the opinion article goes into how that should take place. The point here is we have a New York Times columnist talking about that Biden should step aside, and more importantly, how. Okay, sorry, got uh, got one more Super Bowl story for you. Because it has to do with Joe Biden. He actually ran this following ad with no self-awareness that the problems that he's talking about didn't exist before he came in and are a direct result of Bidenomics. It's Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips. 
they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. With absolutely no self-awareness, Joe Biden said, Hope they're do- these things are happening and they're hoping we won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. As if Joe Biden isn't playing us for suckers, thinking that the companies are just magically doing this out of nowhere. As if we don't know that, I don't know, companies need to make a profit. And if they're inputs because energy is more expensive, gas is more expensive, inflation has gone up to make their inputs of all their raw materials and ingredients more expensive. And we don't want to pay the same price or we don't want to pay more. So, so they can charge us the same price or just a little bit more. They shrink it down. Now, of course, there are companies that are, I wouldn't say abusing shrinkflation because I'm an economist and I'm a free market kind of guy. If something is very expensive, but people are willing to pay that price, then that's the, that's the market price for something. So Joe Biden actually had the gall to, to cut that commercial for, or his people directing him, his handlers had the, uh, the audacity to do that. And the sad thing is that this is not even original. This is not even original. Elizabeth Warren, about a week ago, had tweeted out, from Doritos to Oreos to toilet paper, giant corporations are shrinking how much they give but charging the same price or more. We're not fooled. Corporations are boosting their profits with these tricks. It's time to crack down on shrinkflation and corporate greed. She tweeted that out February 4th, a week before Super Bowl. And if you look at the commercial... The products that Joe Biden shows are, in fact, Oreos and Doritos. I mean, Joe Biden is so unoriginal that he's even copying Elizabeth Warren, who was beating him in 2020 in the primaries, in in the Democrat primaries. Isn't that interesting? Fake people, fake Indian, fake concerns as they're all making money. Uh, You know, but don't want anyone else to make money or know what's really going on. Including there seems to be an operation to get rid of Joe Biden from by the deep state Democrats. But is it going to be, or who is it going to be? Is it going to be Michelle Obama? We have this from David Axelrod, Obama White House advisor, supposedly setting the record straight on speculation surrounding Barack Hussein Obama's spouse, potential candidacy in the upcoming 2024 presidential election. This is what he said on a recent interview on CNN. This is David Axelrod. I got to ask you about this. Look at who Vegas odds makers are saying have the best chances of being elected this fall. Trump is a five to six shot. It's better than even. Biden 15 to eight, a little better than two to one. Next in line, Michelle Obama, 11 to 1, ahead of Nikki Haley, Gavin Newsom, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Mm -hmm. and Kamala Harris. I don't know about you, David. I've got people in my orbit, and my radio listeners say the same thing. There's like always a family member who says, in my case, it's my brother, keep your eye on Michelle (laughs) Obama. And I say, that is crazy. What should we be saying Mm -hmm. about Michelle Obama? Well, here's what I know. 
Uh, Michelle Obama, Obama loves this country. She's she's a, a brilliant person and a brilliant communicator, but she was a conscript to politics. She never was interested in a political life. Even when uh, uh, Barack Obama was a young politician, uh, she really didn't participate much uh, in his campaigns. I, I was with him in his Senate campaign in 2004. I think she showed up twice uh, in the whole campaign uh, on election nights. So, uh, you know, she uh, she is not someone who likes politics. She doesn't like the tone and tenor of politics. Uh, and I would be floored <laughs> if she would uh, consent to that. They feel that they gave 10 years of their life to this. And I'm sure she feels as uh, Barbara Bush did when she said there has to be someone other than the Bushes and the Clintons who could be president of the United States. My guess is that's her attitude. I always say, Michael, that I have as much chance of dancing in the Bolshoi Ballet next year than, uh, than that she would be president of the United States. Uh, and so if you see me running around at the end of the year in a leotard, you'll know what happened. <laughs> I was going to say, Bolshoi is hiring. I hear Bolshoi is high. David, thank you. Maybe once, maybe once and for all, David Axelrod just put it to rest. I wouldn't go as far as saying put it to rest, especially since these people deal in deception and propaganda. If they get people like Axelrod out there saying that Michelle Obama doesn't want to be president and then they ixnay Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom doesn't poll well, they can make Michelle Obama the reluctant hero who's coming to save America who is not power hungry. So with these people, who knows what the truth is? All right, let's get into some important news uh, for today. What's going on with uh, over in the Senate? What's going on with military leadership and other important things coming out of D.C.? Out of Washington, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is back in the hospital. Austin was taken to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center to be seen for symptoms suggesting an emergent bladder issue. At this time, the secretary is retaining the functions and duties of his office. The White House and Congress have been notified. Last week, Austin had agreed to testify at a congressional hearing this month to answer questions about his failure to immediately tell top officials when he was hospitalized with complications from prostate cancer surgery. Lloyd Austin didn't make the same mistake this time. Uh, this happened yesterday and at 5 p.m. Eastern, the Pentagon press secretary informed the press, today at approximately 2.20 p.m., Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin III was transported by his security detail to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center to be seen for symptoms suggesting an emergent bladder issue. The De Deputy Secretary of Defense and uh, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff have been notified. Additionally, White House and congressional notifications have occurred. So, you know, they let them know, and then they let us know that they let them know. They weren't going to have this same mess again. Because why? They got caught. When they get caught, then they virtual signal that they did the right thing they should have done the first time around. The statement said that Austin is retaining his duties at this time, and indicated that he would be in the hospital for some period of time. So he's going to keep his post, he's going to keep his duties, but just so you know, he's going to be AWOL in the meantime. That sure instills a lot of confidence. Uh, look, Austin doesn't, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence anyway, 
and that this whole thing is screwed up, that's just a signal to our enemies. China, just go ahead and invade Taiwan right now. We got a geriatric dementia patient that everyone can see in the White House, and they don't know what the hell they're doing over at the Pentagon. If you guys are going to do it, go ahead and do it now. Better do it before President Trump gets back in. That's for sure. Okay, now let's move over to what happened yesterday in uh, in the Senate. These jackasses never want to work Monday through Friday, but on Super Bowl Sunday, when most of America or a good portion of America doesn't care about politics, that's when the evil Sanhedrin get together and they do their plotting against America. Or if they're not plotting against America, that's where they do work for other countries to screw over America. So I guess it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, let's talk about the business at hand. The Senate has voted in a rare Sunday session to push forward the $95 billion foreign aid package. 18 Republicans back this legislation, which includes more than $60 billion uh, to go to Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and over $9 billion in humanitarian assistance for Gaza. Isn't that a trip? They work on a Sunday to work on a Senate security aid bill $60 billion to support Ukraine. And these jackasses, these treasonous traitors, rat bastards were crying about putting up money for a border wall. But $60 billion to support Ukraine, no problem. But the American public has a problem with it, so we'll just meet on a Sunday, a Super Bowl Sunday, to take care of this. Lazy asses can't work for the American people, but they sure as hell can show up to D.C. on a Sunday to take care of Ukraine business. $14 billion in assistance to Israel, but also $9 billion for Gaza, which means money for Hamas and for Islamic terrorists in the region. Why it is so hard for this administration and the Republicans as well to just secure the border. What is Maria Bartiromo talking about? It's not this administration's fault. It is Trump's fault. Everything that's going on right now. Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas would have you believe. Yet they're proud of destroying all the things that Trump did, like remain in Mexico, that led to us not having a disaster at the border. You don't believe me? Alejandro Mayorkas said so himself. Let me just ask you, though, big picture. You have now been in your position for three years, and let's talk about what's happened during those three years. More migrants have crossed the border illegally last year than ever before. The asylum cases backlog has more than tripled since 2019. You yourself have said that more than 85% of migrants caught crossing the border illegally are being released into the U.S. as they await their court dates. Let's just put impeachment aside for a minute. Why do you deserve to keep your job, Mr. Secretary? Hard-hitting journalism from Meet the Press? I mean, they outlined all of the problems that have happened under Mayorkas Biden. That's a fair question. Here comes the answer from a fork-tongued Satanist, anti-American, not born in the United States, failure of a secretary that's supposed to defend our homeland. Kristen, the, um, the 
the data that you cite is a powerful example of why we need legislation to fix what everyone agrees is a broken immigration system. Oh, now it's a broken immigration system. Oh, but hold on, hold on. Mayorkas is not talking about it's a broken immigration system because a whole bunch of illegals are coming in. No, folks, it's a broken uh, immigration system because we actually have immigration laws and not just a no border where people can just come and go as they please. And you take a snapshot of the data over the past three years. Uh, let's take a look before the last three years. That case backlog, which is about three million cases, has been growing year over year over year. Yes, they really think we're that stupid. The backlog of cases that were under Trump because there was Remain in Mexico and people actually just didn't automatically get these asylum claims and get to come in. So there's a backlog. This jackass opens the border, let everybody come in. So now there's even more people coming in. But the backlog is somehow to be blamed for when Trump was in office? I mean, this level... Uh, he's sitting there lying to the American people. We can all see the lie and they do this time and time again. These are absolute children of Satan, the father of all lies. Here is a prime example of that. Also sociopathic behavior because of course you can never take responsibility for what you do. You always have to blame somebody else. But if something goes well, then of course you take the credit for that. Total sociopathic and in, in the case of these people, that so that sociopathy, I think, goes to the level of not just being a, a, so, a sociopath, but a psychopath. The time between it, um, when we encounter an individual at the border and the time of final adjudication of an asylum clay, case has been years, five to seven years, four years and years. I remember when I entered the Department of Homeland Security in 2009, we were wrestling with these very same issues. The system has not been fixed for 30 years. A bipartisan group of senators have now presented us with the tools and resources we need, bipartisan group, and yet um, Congress killed it before even reading it. Again, the fix wasn't to fix the problem of a whole bunch of illegal aliens coming in. The fix was to allow more illegals to come in. Remember, they had that 5,000 cap, which when you actually read the, uh, the, the bill was 8,500 a day cap and then they would start enforcing the law that they would have more money not to stop illegal immigration, but more money to process them. Do you understand what he's saying? He's actually being honest. They're worried about the backlog of illegal aliens that they want to get processed so they can become American voters. Not stop them from coming in in the first place. Many of which are terrorists, MS-13, and other ne'er-do-wellers that are coming here to, yes, kill, rape, and pillage our American society. No doubt there is gridlock on Congress, but do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally, fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. What a freaking liar, because there are laws on the books 
that Congress has already fixed and you and the other treasonous, traitorous rat bastards within the Biden administration, the fake regime that they rigged an election for and in behalf of are not even obeying the laws that Congress already passed. You wanted this monkey bill that just gave you more power to do what you really want to do and destroy America from within by not enforcing our sovereignty, our safety, our security at the southern border. Okay, family, let me back up real quick to the previous story because I do want to cover this. The 18 Republican senators that supported the Ukraine war funding and billions for Hamas. Some of these names are going to come as no surprise. Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia. Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, John Cornyn. Come on, Texas, you guys can do better than John Cornyn. He's been an absolute disaster as of late. Johnny Ernst, no surprise there. Chuck Grassley. I like Chuck Grassley. That's disappointing. John Kennedy. I love Senator Kennedy. That's disappointing. Mitch McConnell. Of course, no surprise there. Uh, Jerry Moran. Mark Wayne Mullen. Lisa Murkowski. No surprise. Mitt Romney. No surprise. I mean, Mitt Romney is so bad. And it's so funny because Mike Lee is so good. The only thing I don't like about Mike Lee, the Utah senator, is he kind of is a show for the H-1B-1 visas because of the strong tech sector in our state of Utah. But Mitt Romney, like, just when you hear Mitt Romney, just think Democrat, really. Then we got Dan Sullivan, John Thune, Tom Tillis, Roger Wicker, and Todd Young. Those are the 18 Republicans that are all for the Ukrainian funding. And, uh, you know, look, there is one thing that I am for, and that is these separate bills. That is great. No pork, just pass, pass 20 bills, not one bill with 20 things that only three are good and this other 17 are junk, but everyone votes for them to get the three good things. At least they're doing separate bills here. And now we know exactly who's voting on these issues and voting against us. I'll put that uh, list up again for those of you who want to uh, watch in the video can see if you're senator was involved in that and i spoke too fast for you and now i want to end with this last story we there's a lot of news coming through folks i'm going to have another uh, edition for you uh within the next 12 to 24 hours but i want to end with this story because this story kind of encompasses everything i don't know if you heard but there was a shooting and we now have information about the shooter And it kind of encompasses everything that we right-wing extremists, as they call us, worry about. You know, things like an open porous border, 'er ne'er-do-wellers that shouldn't be here in the first place, mental illness, uh, the mental illness known as uh, transgenderism, that, you know, uh, gender dysphoria, and of course, these pro-Hamas people. Let me bring you up to speed on the shooting if you're not aware of it and what we know now about the shooter. We start with the Fox 10 News alert tonight. A possible shooter is dead and a five-year-old is in critical condition after a shooting at a Houston area megachurch, the Lakewood Church, run by celebrity pastor Joel Osteen. Police say a woman in her 30s entered the building with a long rifle and a child and opened fire. Off-duty officers working at the church exchanged gunfire. No word on the woman or child's identity yet or possible motive. You've got a longer look at that new video. 
Yeah, that's right, Sherman. These are some harrowing video we are seeing of the moments when those gunshots first rang out in this first video. The people who took the video are in that main part of the church where the service takes place. You're able to make out the sound of gunshots in the background and see the chaos that ensues. The shots rang out just minutes before the Spanish language service was set to begin at Lakewood. You can hear people in the video saying, calm down, calm down, in an effort to avoid further chaos as people run for cover. We also got another video that shows people running out of the service and police officers running towards the direction of gunfire. Here is that moment. All that chaos caught on video. These are new perspectives we are learning about today, and we're also learning more about the alleged shooter today. Three independent sources confirmed to KHOU's investigative reporter Jeremy Rogowski that the identity of the suspect is 36-year-old Hennessy Ivan Moreno. Is it Ivan or Ivan? Because in Spanish, depending on how you pronounce it, it could be Ivan, like a girl's name, or uh, Ivan, like Ivan, which is generally a guy's name. Moreno also went by Jeffrey Escalante in the past. She has previous arrests for several crimes, including unlawful carrying a weapon. So Ivan Ivan also went by Jeffrey Escalante? Let's get into this. Authorities have identified the shooter as Gen uh, Genesee Ivan Moreno, a 36-year-old, transgender immigrant from El Salvador. According to multiple independent sources, Moreno, who has a criminal history stretching back to 2005, was previously known as Jeffrey Escalante, based on records from the De Texas Department of Public Safety. His, that's right, let's call him a him, arrest paints a troubling picture encompassing a range of offenses including failure to stop and give information, assault of a public servant, assault causing bodily injury, forgery, possession of marijuana, theft, evading arrest, and all unlawful carrying of a weapon. So here is Jeffrey Escalante Moreno, who is listed even in Texas as a female. 5'5", 190 pounds, brown. 5'5", 190 pounds. As a guy who's uh, who's thinning out, I'm at 5'3", I never came... I got to 178. So who am I to talk about? Eyes brown, hair black, place of birth, El Salvador. Also goes by Jeffrey Escalante, Jeffrey G. Escalante, Jeffrey Janice Escalante, Jeffrey Moreno G. Escalante, Jeffrey Escalante slash Moreno, Jeffrey G., Jeffrey, Jeffrey G. Uh, primary name is Jeffrey Escalante Moreno, but also goes by Janice Yvonne Moreno. Witnesses report that Moreno was dressed in a trench coat and backpack and alarmingly was accompanied by a child when he entered the church armed with a long rifle. Moreno walked into the, to the building shortly after 2 p.m., accompanied by a child estimated to be between 4 and 5 years old, and opened fire. The church was transitioning between services and gearing up for a Spanish-language service when the attack happened, as described by televangelist and pastor Joel Osteen, who spoke at the, new, at the, at the news conference where... Uh, Police Chief Troy Finner gave the details. It was a moment of transition. I can only imagine what could have occurred if it had happened during the 11 o'clock service. 
The killing scene was partly captured on a church video feed, which was ab abruptly interrupted by the sounds of gunfire and screams. Two off-duty officers, a 28-year-old from Houston Police Department and a 38-year-old Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission agent, both with, uh, with under five years of service, confronted the shooter, resulting in him being shot. Wow. Interesting how that works. Good guys with guns get the job done. And these were off-duty police uh, and, and you know law enforcement officers. Oh, by the way, if you live in California, even if you have a permit to conceal carry, from what I understand, there's some places where you cannot even conceal carry in churches. Just thought I'd mention that. But once again, luckily, this was in Texas, not California. A 57-year-old man caught in the situation as an innocent bystander was shot in the leg, according to Chief Finner. The child whose relationship with Moreno has not been disclosed was shot in, and is currently in critical condition. In the aftermath of the tragic shooting at Lakewood Church, attention has turned to the social media presence of identified shooter uh, Moreno, whose Instagram account remains active. Now, I haven't heard anything yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if because the child was shot, they're going to be like, look what happened with guns. Guns are bad. They hurt children. Because we don't know. At the time I'm looking at this, we don't know if Moreno is the one who shot the child. But I'm thinking it most likely was the off-duty officers shooting at the shooter. And the child was caught in the crossfire. The child was probably there to protect the shooter. Because that is what terrorists do. That's what terrorists do. So, like I said, uh, like I read here, uh, the Instagram is still active. Uh, on his Instagram, Moreno openly shared his love for firearms with posts detailing the cleaning of an AR-15 rifle, among other weapons displays. Okay, you, you have a right to bear arms uh, in America. So, this is where it gets dangerous, folks. The Colorado Springs mass shooter, identified as non-binary, also known as trans, the Massachusetts, uh, the excuse me, the Denver shooter identified as trans, the Aberdeen shooter identified as trans, and then the Nashville shooter identified as trans, the one that they're trying to hide the manifesto, because of course you must protect the trans ideology at all costs. Now, transphobia is a bad thing, but given what you're looking at here. Maybe people who have this phobia don't have it because they're bigots and not tolerant to other people's sexual identification and ideology. Many of us uh, do not agree with this lifestyle. We find it reprehensible. But we know that living in a free society means that you have to be tolerant of other people, even if you disagree with their lifestyle, so that we as Christians can live our lifestyle. But just perhaps, perhaps... Uh, maybe this phobia has to do with the fact that we don't want to get shot by someone who's mentally ill. Moreno's social media activity also revealed a connection to Lakewood Church, the very site of the shooting. Through his post, Moreno indicated financial contributions to the church. And then we also see that Moreno's uh, reflects uh, his account reflected political leanings with expressions of support for Bernie Sanders and talk about cognitive dissonance, a Jew, Bernie Sanders is a Jew, but we're also seeing from NBC News today 
that anti-Semitic writings were also found in search of Joel Osteen's megachurch shooter's items. In fact, the assault-style type rifle had the word Palestine written on it. Now, of course, you know, even though I'm half black and half Latino, questioning of this mentally ill shooter, and folks, there's also evil. I'm not saying that this all happened because Jeffrey was, you know, uh, mentally ill. Mental illness doesn't mean that you can't be evil as well. But there are some people who are legitimately just off their rocker and really their, their reasoning is not correct. Their mind is not correct. They, they really are sick. I do believe in mental illness. But doesn't mean that you can go and kill people and not be held responsible for it, that you don't know the difference between right and wrong. They were going to a church. They should know that it's maybe, I don't know, wrong to shoot people, innocent people. So I hear this and they keep calling it uh, calling Jeffrey the few things to see as an as a, a migrant from El Salvador. I think MS-13, I think illegal alien. This is what Laura Loomer uh, reported and we'll end with this. Illegal alien transgender jihadist shooter? <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm just laughing how she put it. Like, you can't make this up. This is a culmination of everything that we, we fear and worry and uh, sound the alarm about. The shooter who carried out the shooting at Lakewood Church, a Christian megachurch, may be an illegal alien from El Salvador. Sources told Laura Loomer that Moreno arrived 20 years ago and was arrested in the U.S. on a number of charges in 2005 after being in the U.S. for only one year. The charges include assault with bodily injury, failure to provide information to a police officer, possession of drug, theft, and evading police. The mugshot provided media has altered Moreno's race and ethnicity to hide the fact that Moreno is Hispanic and may in fact be an illegal alien from El Salvador who has been living in Texas. As we know, illegals are working with the jihadists to come into the U.S. Police said the shooter had the Free Palestine written on the AR-15. This could have been a planned jihadist attack on Christian Zionists and a planned Islamic terror attack on U.S. soil by an alleged illegal alien and possible Islamic foot soldier. If the border isn't closed, you can bet we will see... Uh, we will likely see more of this. Very dangerous, and the media is blatantly lying about Moreno's race and ethnicity. Sources have sent me Moreno's criminal record, and they tell me they believe she is an illegal alien. He is an illegal alien. But of course, we are racist, MAGA, America first, pro-Trump, right-wing extremists because we want to know who the hell is coming into our country. What are your thoughts on any of the things covered in this report? Please put them down below. Big hug to all of y'all. And once again, thank you for your support. Tell a friend about our show. We can't grow because we have no funnel to bring new people into this show. You know, we don't, uh, Rumble doesn't, not really doing the, the deal. Uh, obviously, we're not on YouTube, so we depend on you to get the word out. And thank you for doing that. Until the next report, ciao, goodbye, God bless. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.